What's up, YouTube? Look at this sweet hat. Thanks, Pete. I love my hat. What's up, YouTube? Whoa, I got background noise. I need to mute that. I need to mute that. I'm going to let it go for a little bit here. Big thanks to Pete for the hat. I love the hat. How's everybody doing? What's going on, cat bird feeder? How are you? How are you? Let me get situated here. Let me get situated. Um, real quick, little housekeeping work. Um, again, Jacob with Scooters Lawn Care and myself, we're going to have a video coming up. We're going to be talking about the different softwares that are used in the green industry for um, fertilizer and weed control. So that's going to be all the spray guys out there. Um, if you're looking to take your business to the next level, software is going to be probably your biggest asset. And um, so anyway, Jacob and I, I think that's a great fit for, for he and I to do that video together. Uh, American Troy, that's pretty good. It's lifetime, baby. It's lifetime. I'm reeling off the uh, the volunteers' win last night. As you know, I've had a very difficult season with my balls, and uh, but a win is a win, even though it was against Southern Miss. Sorry, Cat Birdfeeder, we beat Southern Miss uh, last night. Um, but you know, you know, look at old Turf Nerd. Turf nerd, only rolling with one. Hey man, I tell you what, if you were at my house, I got plenty in the fridge. I could give you, I could give you, uh, <laughs> I could give you all that I have. I don't really drink beer, so it's uh, it's all yours, my friend. And uh, everybody that's in the chat, please, uh, in this little housekeeping segment here, please put pressure on Turf Nerd Lawn Care to do a Facebook video with me, um, because I think he would be a big asset to everyone out there to hear his input. And uh, he's camera shy and shouldn't be, should not be camera shy. Um, for those of you that follow me on Instagram, I've got uh, on Instagram, I'm at the grass factor um, or the grass factor. I've been working with a company to develop a new granular fertilizer. And I've got our first samples of prilled fertilizer that they produced. Um, their early products that they released, um, they did not have enough density to flow through a hopper or the particle size would not uh, was not appropriate to flow through a hopper. And just this last week, we had a meeting and they brought me new prilled fertilizer and uh, pretty interesting stuff here. That's uh, what's going on, Albert. Uh, pretty pretty interesting stuff. That's that's going to be coming out on the market. Uh, I'm I'm happy to be on the back end of this because it. Yes, sir. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, because this is, you know, the the more involved I I, I get in the industry. Um, the more I want products that I can use day in and day out. And uh, and so to to help be a part of the building of this product, I'm, I'm super excited because this is gonna be something um, that, that no one else out there has. Uh, and in fact, there is nothing else like this on the market. And uh, so it's uh, it's pretty, pretty interesting. Caesar had a few weekends of family events. There you go, there you go. Now, on that on that new experimental fertilizer that's coming up. What's up, Jason Clark? Uh, what's up, CW? Um, I've got I've got the test where it was sent to Midwest Labs for a full workup as far as the analysis, and the analysis is checking out awesome. So um, anyway, I'll be doing a video about that. This is not ready to go to production yet because it cannot be produced in scale. Um, however, all the materials are there to produce it in uh, on scale. Um, it's just going to take a little while to get it up and rolling. Um, what's going on? What's going on, right? Um, my every time I say your name, right, my my wife gets mad at me because I don't pronounce it correctly. Um, 
Any ETA on the product launch? No, no ETA. Uh, it's just kind of a general rule of thumb right now. I would say six months to a year on this. Um, and there's no name for the product yet. So basically what has happened is, is that um, there is a product called biochar that is straight carbon. And uh, biochar alone um, is a little bit risky to use because you can tie up too much that's in the soil with the amount of carbon in it. Um, so basically you have to charge, you have to pre-concentrate your carbon, um, with another nutrient source to keep it from sucking up everything in the soil. And, uh, and so that is what they've developed. And then the second part of that was that there was no real way to, um, <laughs> there's, uh, she, 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 uh, it says I'm supposed to pronounce it lay, um, there's no real way to granulate biochar that's out on the market. So um, anyway, this is a charged biochar with a nutrient value, uh, an organic nutrient value. And um, like this it has an analysis of a, uh, let's see here, this is going to be a three, three, four. This is a three, three, four analysis. So. Um, anyway, kind of kind of neat to be on the back end of that. Um, so anyway, that's what's going on. Last part of the housekeeping uh, segment here is uh, wanted to plug uh, for those of you that are on Facebook that are in the green industry uh, that either want to be a mentor or could use advice in your business. And that's going to range whether you just mow lawns, whether you do fart and squirt, whether you do irrigation. There's a Facebook group. I will post a link in the chat now it's called Lawn Digest. And it's a mentoring group on Facebook. It's a private group. And, um, you know, I'm a member of it and I share everything I do. And, you know, I'm, I'm the kind of person that I'm, I'm very vocal about it. I'm not a great business person. So, uh, I get a lot of my business advice from this group, Lawn Digest. So I recommend if you are in the green industry and um, and, and you're looking for a, just you know a group of, of people to talk to. I mean, you're looking at three, four hundred guys in there all across the country that have no real um, motivation other than just wanting to help you. And uh, and so it's a pretty it's a pretty awesome thing to be a part of because that's exactly what everybody in the group wants to do. They just want to help. Uh, you can see people like Turf Nerd, David Turf Nerd Watkins is in the Lawn Digest group. And uh, obviously I'm plugging him because he is a wealth of knowledge. So anyway, here we are. It is November 5th. And um, if anybody has any questions, feel free, put them in the chat. I will answer them as they come in. I've already had one come in. And it uh, looks like, oh, Alfred here was asking, how are you using the next RGS product? Ounces per thousand, how many apps per year? Uh, Alfred, I'm using it um, in a variety of different ways. So I'm, I do not use RGS as a standalone product. I use it to enhance or uh, more efficiently deliver fertilizer. Um, so when I apply RGS, I also, uh, am applying a fertilizer load with it. Um, and, and that's to more efficiently deliver that, that fertilizer to the plant. Uh, I've done the one instance, uh, I've done a, a couple of different experiments with the RGS. Um, so for those of you that do not know what RGS is, it's a blend of humic acid and kelp. And the big benefit of kelp is going to be the cytokinin, the plant hormone value of it. Um, and then the big benefits of humic acid, I did a, a big video about it, uh, has the potential to chelate and it's also going to be a carbon source. Um, and in fact, arguably it's a micronized carbon source too. So um, I did that one experiment where uh, I went with just straight RGS concentrate. Um, it's not a crazy high rate of humic acid and that's why I did it. I applied it at 12 gallons to the acre and this was on soils. Um, it was brand new construction. It was absolutely beat down into, into just garbage. It had been run over and run over and run over with the machine and graded and graded and graded and graded and graded. And, graded. 
and what you were left with is, is just this clay mass that was impenetrable water um, did not even soak into it. Water just sheeted off the top before I had a, a, a chance to perk into it. So um, while I did my renovation process, uh, so in terms of while I was aerating, while I was running the, mat, uh, the nail drag to really bust up that clay surface, I put down the 12 gallons to the acre of the humic and sea kelp, um, hoping to uh, get that carbon content back into the soil uh, to allow you know more airflow back into the soil and uh, and help the nutrients that I do apply uh, last a little longer. There was almost no nutrient value in that soil when I tested it, so um, I knew I had to supplement everything. And in order to get the numbers where I needed them, I had to do it synthetically. And so to aid in that uh, longevity of those nutrients. I applied it with the RGS. And uh, so anyway, that's how I applied it that time. But in terms of maintenance, um, I typically am going to do it at three ounces per thousand. That's going to be one gallon to the acre of the RGS product. And that's how I use it. All right, here we go. Questions rolling in. Jason Clark says, do you have a preferred all-around fungicide for tall fescue? Uh, Jason, I do. Um, so the majority of the disease issues you're going to see involving tall fescue is going to be rhizoctonia, salini, brown patch. Um, that's just the one that fescue gets. You can guarantee it, um, especially if you're in the transition zone. I mean, there's just no way around it. You're going to get brown patch. So uh, a strobilurin is going to be your best bet on that, a good strobe. So heritage, um, pillar G, um fame um i'm trying to think of um the other name disarm g uh those are all different varieties of strobins you know azoxystrobin picrostrobin um and they all work really really well the problem you run into is that strobins in particular have a pretty high rate a high chance of developing uh resistance so you want to alternate the fungicides you use or use them in conjunction as long as they have a synergistic effect. So one of my favorites to go with is to use azoxystrobin in combination with propaganazole. You can buy that already on the market pre-mixed. It's called um, Headway, uh, or you can mix them yourself. I mix them myself because that way I have more control over the rates of either, um, you know, depending on, on temperatures and, uh, you know, the amount of, of disease pressure I'm facing, I may alternate which AI I have a higher percentage of. So um, I prefer azoxystrobin. That is what I prefer. However, I prefer to run it with a DMI, and the DMI I run it with is propicanazole. That's where I seem to have the best results. But again, keep in mind, Fungicide resistance is a real thing. Real thing. So if you use a strobin, you're not to follow it up with another strobin app. Uh, so you may want to alternate with a strobin, then a DMI, then a strobin, then a DMI, um, and that way you've got two modes of actions working there, uh, and you have less potential for fungicide resistance. Same thing when you combine fungicides and apply them at once, you're offering two modes of action and uh, you're gonna have less potential for fungicide resistance. Uh, let's see here, Mode. Mode says, what is the best material for top dressing clay soil lawn and why? Um, here's the thing. Uh, okay, so really when you're dealing with, um, when you're dealing with clay soils, you know, there's no real, I'd say just best material for uh, dealing with with clay soils, um, you, know, you know, yes, you can top dress with uh, you know an organic matter containing product. Uh, you don't want to overdo it. There is such a thing as too much. Uh, so you may want to do an alternating schedule between an organic matter top dressing and then a sand based top dressing, um, because what can happen is this clay soils are going to retain water to begin with. Um, and then by adding high amounts of organic matter to that clay soil, you're doubling the amount of water capacity of that soil. And what happens is, is if it's holding on to too much water, the gas exchanges that need to take place will not take place. So I would, um, the sand is probably your better bet. Um, 
is one really going to outperform the other? You know, probably, probably not. Um, and that's that's my take on it. Let's see here. Caesar says I'm in Phoenix, Arizona. What should my watering schedule be like in a Bermuda lawn hybrid for the winter while in dormancy? Uh, Caesar, it depends on how much rain you actually get. Um, you know, I would say probably a half inch a week would be, uh, if you've gone to once a week when it becomes colder, I was thinking once every other week. I like that. I think you're, you're right on the, right on the money there. Southern style lawn care says squirt and fart. That's it. Oh, here we go. Ray's talking about, um, he's talking about, uh, oh, he's talking about top dressing there. Yep. There we go. Jason Clarkson, Virginia. Uh, so yeah, um, Lexicon. I'm not familiar with Lexicon. I know ProStar. I'm not. Uh, I'd have to look at the actives in those uh, before I could tell you what that is. Let's see. Huh? All right, that's mine. Well. I don't see it right off the top of my head. So um, let's see here. I live in the Gulf area of Texas. My St. Augustine grass is doing awesome in the front, but for some reason is barely hanging on to the backyard. Uh, no idea what to do, anything. Uh, Chris, that's a, I mean, that, man, that's a, I don't know. I do not know. Okay. So if you, if you want to send me some pictures of that, so that way I kind of have a general idea. Um, you know, there's lots of things that could be going on going into the into the fall. Let's see, you're in the Gulf area of Texas, so you're still relatively warm, but you're on the cooling trend, and probably what you're running into is disease. Um, it could be several different diseases. I'm not sure which one, so uh, a picture's going to help right there with that one. Uh, War Baby says, what software do you use? Is there an alternative to real grain? Do you use standard invoicing practices or do you mimic a large part company's way of chem tracking, et cetera, et cetera? Um, look at Pete with GCI Turf chiming in. Yes, I use Service Autopilot. Uh, and this is the video that um, uh, we're going to do together. Um, uh, Jacob with Scooters Lawn Care and myself. Um, so when I first got into the industry, all my experience was with real green. Um, and then when I went out on my own, uh, I started with yard books and then I moved to service autopilot. I was trying to get the real green, but now that I've become a little more efficient in service autopilot, I'm going to stay with service autopilot because I love it. So, um, I tend to mimic, uh, I, I, I mean, here's how I invoice is, I do a service, I send an invoice. So um, I don't I don't leave a whole lot on the door. Uh, I leave just a general uh, information sheet that, and uh, you know, I handwrite everything. You know, basically say this is what I did the yards, what you can expect from it. This is what I need you to do, um, and that's the way I like to do things. So that's that's how I do it. Um, is there any benefit to using Simazine in early spring to try and pick up any POA applied prodiamine Simazine and Monument this week? Bermuda Tiff Tough Lawn. Um, is there any benefit to using Simazine in early spring? No, if you want to do something in early spring before the, or if you want to do it in the dead of winter, uh, you could probably run a full rate of Atrazine. Um, but I believe the guarantee is on a prodiamine Simazine Monument application. Uh, this late in the year is that you've got a hundred percent guarantee from Syngenta that you will control those. Um, atrazine is restricted use, so I probably wouldn't do it. If you do want to run Simazine, you can run Simazine, but I would kind of get it out of your head that it's going to aid you in picking up any POA. Uh, probably where you're going to get a bigger benefit with Simazine is helping to control weeds. It will make your three-way herbicides more effective. Um, so, I just haven't seen Simazine and, you know, within the last eight years really, really do a whole lot as far as POA control. Uh, do you find that the Azox prop being applied as a preventative, such as two times a year for warm season turbines is enough, or do you also uh, need to run the same mix every 28 days during increased pressure? 
Um, for warm season turf, I, it, John, what what kind of um, what kind of warm season uh, turf are you dealing with? Um, so typically, um, typically I don't have to use fungicides on warm season turf. Um, but I don't deal with a lot of St. Augustine or Centipede anymore. So if I was dealing with St. Augustine and Centipede, um, I, two times, man, it is just so hard to say um, because as long as disease pressure is present, you're going to have to stay on that 28-day schedule. Um, however, if you can, you know, do your first application, you know, you start moving into a period of heat where obviously it's not going to be an issue anymore, then you know you don't need to make that. So really, it's a, it's a, it's a hundred percent judgment call, man. There's just no easy way around it, and it drives me bananas with uh, with fescue in general because. Um, you know, during my disease season, it's, it's, you know, sometimes that's going to extend to three or four applications in a year. Sometimes it's only two applications. So really it's a judgment call. It's just paying attention to your weather patterns, uh, your humidity levels, your soil moisture levels, um, your air temperatures and your soil temperatures and making your best judgment call possible. There's no real, there's no real easy way uh, to get around it. It was nice to meet you, Southern Style Lawn Care. Very nice meeting you, sir. Very nice. Rain is rain here. Yeah, man. Once a week, once every other week, that is um, that is probably where I would be. Uh, Turf Nerd Lawn Care, look, he's got experience. This is why he needs to do a YouTube video with me. He uses Service Autopilot, has also used Real Green Hindsight and Armor Gold. But he's back, he's at Service Autopilot. So that's pretty interesting. Pretty interesting. Have you ever used Manor herbicide on Zorgia or Bermuda for Virginia buttonweed? Um, I don't like, John B., yes, I've used Manor. I don't like Manor. Uh, Metsulfuron methyl is a very, 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 very powerful herbicide. Um, and it kind of falls into that category of using um, uh, Vanquish. Um, you know, it's super low use rates and you know, the difference of effects you're going to have between a half ounce of material to the acre versus, you know, we'll say you overspray in two areas and all of a sudden you're at one and a half ounces. You know, then you're talking about killing trees uh, and heaven forbid you make it up to two ounces. Then you're talking about potentially sterilizing the soil. So Manor is a very potent product. Manor as a uh, as an alone product for Virginia buttonweed probably not going to work really well. However, if you combine it with a three-way herbicide, uh, you'll probably get the control you're looking for on Virginia buttonweed. Um, there's better things for Virginia buttonweed. Um, so, but yeah, Manor Manor in combination with three-way will work. Um, what's up, Matt? I'm going to have some small spots need seeding in the spring. Weeds got out of control during fall overseeding. How do you recommend I go about that with preem time in Maryland, turf type tall fescue? Man, it's a tough one. I don't know. Uh, there's no real easy way to do it. So I would, you know, get your seed down early as soon as you can. And uh, as soon as you're probably at a two inch height, then get your, your preem down. I would try and uh, here's the thing to keep in mind too, Bert, is that, um, you know, your fescue plants, as they mature, they're going to fill in a lot of those small spots. So I probably wouldn't get a whole heck of a lot of excited yet. And um, so, you know, just, just keep that in mind. GNZ Zoysia, just wondering if it's worth the cost over time or, or just change cultivars. Man, that's a tough one. I don't know. Ray commented here. He says, Zoysia, we need fungicide coverage from in the summer until dormancy. Uh, again in spring transition, especially in the south where spring and fall transition is long. Yeah, see, that, that's that thing. You know, typically, I, you know, where I'm at in the transition zone, oddly, I don't see a lot of disease here in Zorsha. Uh, when I was in Memphis and when I was in uh, East Georgia, um, you know, I did see it. I didn't see it so much in the spring. I saw a lot of it in the fall. Well, in Memphis, I saw it in the spring. And then when I was in Georgia, I saw it, the majority of it in the fall. And um, in the fall, 
it was odd because you would start to see it in September and then it would run all the way through Thanksgiving. You know, so even at Thanksgiving, you're out there dealing with Brown Patch and St. Augustine and Georgia. So, um, you know, a lot, a lot of that, is it worth the, uh, the cost over time or just change cultivars? Here's the thing. You can change cultivars, but I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of difference between one or the other. Um, that's just that's just the fact of it. it. You know, it's all your Zorza cultivars. I haven't seen one that is particularly disease resistant. It may be out there. Part of that could be my maintenance programs. Uh, a lot of these newer cultivars are talking about only using two pounds of nitrogen per year. And, uh, and that is just bananas to me. And uh, I've been hearing it from sod farmer after sod farmer that, um, yeah, super low inputs, super low inputs. Um, and um, it's just odd to me. It's just odd. Where I'm used to running a, uh, a four pound, um, a four pound in right through the course of the growing season, all of a sudden we're at two uh, or less. So that's interesting. Can't wait to hear your results and feedback on Anuvia. Andy, uh, I think you'll be, I think, I think you'll like it. Again, you know, the test I've done so far, it's only, it's only dealing with cool season grass. Um, I'll do more testing on warm season grass. Um, it is, uh, it's, it is such a neat product. And I think sulfur is one of those things that is really overlooked, especially in, in my area where we are so high in phosphorus. We naturally have just crazy high high amounts of phosphorus here, and and so to get um, sulfur is one of the things that's that's underutilized. So to be able to bump that sulfur level up, you just see such an increase in performance from your turf grass, um, and uh, and so also I think the nitrogen delivery is much more effective than what I've seen in Screaming Green where Screaming Green kind of takes everything in the kitchen sink as far as in sources and throws it at it. Uh, so, you know, you've got your biosolids, you've got your chicken manure, you've got, uh, you know, basically similar inputs, similar um, uh, release points. Um, you know, arguably you'll have uh, better effects in terms of disease resistance from your chicken manures. Uh, but I think that deals more in ag than in turf grass, especially after the, uh, Especially after the brown patch episode I had this year, there was definitely no no assistance from the fertility rates and from from using the uh, the uh, the screaming green here. I mean, I had just as bad a brown patch as ever. So um, no real assistance there. So uh, biosolids, uh, chicken uh, manure, um, polycoated urea, um, ammonium sulfate, and urea or sulfur coated urea. And, uh, and so, you know, they charted all pretty to do this. The, the hard thing is, is that it was a little slow to green up. It was odd. The more rain I got, the more it lost color. But as the rain began to dial back, the more the color improved. Um, so that's kind of an interesting thing there. Um, whereas with Anuvia, it tends to react more like um, a traditional fertilizer will, except uh, with the iron content. The iron seems to go longer, and with the sulfur content, the green um, has that you know that dark iron green that you look for, um, and not just a ton of surge growth either. So there you go, there you go. Let's see here. Um, are your chemical companies lobbying Congress for relief from regulations? I want MSMA back. Cat bird feeder? No, um, at least not here. And Here's the reason why it is so expensive. Um, it is so expensive, and you know when the whole MSMA argument came up, you know the 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 back end of that chemical composition methane arsenate is um, it's scary, and so when when it's tested in the waters, um, you know uh, it's showing positive for for arsenic. However, it's not in an organic form. Uh, Arsenic in an organic form is very deadly to you and I. Uh, in an inorganic form, methane arsenate, uh, it is not deadly to you and I, but it's still testing positive for arsenic in the water, and that was that was kind of the big deal there. And um, 
and really as an industry who we have to re rely on for that kind of financial backing would be uh, at the time, you know, True Green Kimlon Service Master. And they didn't want to go to bat for it. And there's just not enough money in the industry. Uh, and there's not enough camaraderie in the industry to be able to organize something like that to fight for it. And so what happens is, is everybody in the South is basically like, well, we just lose MSMA. And True Green's okay with it because they're not worried about Dallas grass. Um, so, you know, people that have to deal with Dallas grass are seething. And now that it's working its way up north, they're seething. But uh, I don't think we will get MSMA back. Uh, what do you recommend for Virginia buttonweed, Jason Cox? Um, there's there's several different combination products you can use. Uh, Momentum FX2, which is triclopyr, fluoroxapyr, and 2,4-D. Uh, anything containing triclopyr and fluoroxapyr is going to be good, very, very good. Um, the fungi has never killed or eliminated completely, right? So patches forever unless I persistently lay down fungicides. Yep, that's correct. That is correct. Um, so all of our diseases, uh, you know, that are soil-borne, like Rhizoctonia salini, they naturally occur in the soil. So there's no way around it. Uh, it's just you have to have the perfect conditions for the disease to uh, appear. And so as long as you have the right humidity, light, moisture, you're going to have the disease outbreak. A uh, very important question here. So when doing some late fall pruning on the beard, should we use scissors or clippers? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I go clippers just because I'm lazy and uh, I like being able to support the, the beard at work. And it's kind of the, the nice the nice part about my, my job is that I – I get to support. Not just I go clippers, you know, clip it once a month whether it needs it or not. Ray's got some interesting input. Uh, height of cut on zoysia influences disease. Short, less than one inch is better. The lawns mowed low in Hawaii. Constant humidity means increased disease risk. There you go. That's another thing, too. Um, very similar in uh, centipede. Uh, the lower I kept my centipede, um, the better performance I got in terms of less disease. So um, anyway, I, I, yes, I could see where that is the case. One thing to keep in mind, if you're going sub one inch, you've got to have a high quality mower. Do not go cheap on your mower. Get a real, a legitimate, nice greens mower. Uh, or fairway mower and, and get out there and get it done. Um, otherwise, you'll just make a giant mess. You will make a giant mess. Um, let's see here. You provide tree and shrub care. If so, uh, are there as many products to decipher through big learning curve? Any dew root feeding applications? Uh, Gore Baby, I don't. I, I do. I do do some tree and shrub care. I don't do a lot. Um, if I do anything tree and shrub care related, mostly it deals on the fertility aspects. Uh, I don't do a whole lot of preventatives in terms of disease and pest management. Um, unless there is an established history with a plant, then I may do you know, some soil drenches of a metacloprid or uh, if it's an emerald ash tree. I mean, if it's an ash tree, I may inject it with um, Imamectin benzoate as a preventative. Um, there is a big learning curve to it. Um, I don't do deep root feeding applications. Um, there's, there, but yes, there is another big learning curve to it. Um, you have to be on your P's and Q's, and it is, it's, it's, it's just a whole nother animal, and it takes years and years and years and years and years to learn. Uh, Bree says, do you spray for fire ants? So luckily here in Knoxville, we don't really have fire ants. When I was, when I was further south, they were everywhere. It was impossible to get around them. Uh, so, uh, down there we used uh, fipronil. Um, I can't remember the trade name. Uh, what was it? It's in a top choice. Top choice is what we use fipronil for the, um, for the, um, Uh, ah, fire ants, fipronil for the fire ants. There we go. There we go. MSMA converts to the other form of arsenic once in the soil. However, that is amounts less than what's toxic. Yeah. So, you know, it's, 
MSMA is one of those things that we just won't, and you know, we're just, we're not going to see it again. I I'm pretty confident we won't at least. Um, my wife won't let me grow a beard. Turf nerd, it's probably because you don't grow a beard well enough. If you grew a great beard, your wife would let you grow a beard. When will it rain in North Carolina again? Uh, Pete, I'm going to say tomorrow. Uh, either No, let's see. We've got rain tomorrow and Tuesday and a chance for Wednesday, Thursday. Um, so I'm, you're going to get rain this week in, in Old Greensboro, North Carolina. Hey, Pete, check this out. Look right here. How about them apples? Best winter herbicide for Bermuda, Battleship 3, Trimet, Classic, Speed Zone. Phil, depends on the weeds you're going after. Um, if you're going after things like cudweed, uh, large thistles, field matter, uh, corn speedwell, um, then you're going to want to use a product like Battleship 3. If you're going after dandelions, henbit, um, brrr, what are some other ones? Plantains, a uh, little bit of clover, uh, hairy bittercress. Then um, you know you could be uh, you know you could use a, a good you know spreader sticker or crop oil and a a TriMet Classic. Uh, Speed Zone, of course, is is going to work well too. Um, so it just depends on what you're going after. Those harder to control broadleaf weeds in Bermuda grass, in particular field matter. Um, whichever ones I said, uh, thistles, um, cudweed, then you'll you'll want to use a product that has an ester-based formulation like a Battleship 3 or a Speed Zone. Let's see here. I real cut centipede at three-quarters of an inch, Toro Greensmaster. There you go. See, that? that's about the top of the line of a, uh, of a mower that you could possibly get there, Toro Greensmaster. Uh, it's not going to show as many imperfections in terms of leveling, um, they're, they're going to require maintenance as you use them. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a learning curve to, to, to learning how to use it, um, and a learning curve to the maintenance part of it. But once established, um, you just, there, it's a whole, it will take the turf grass performance to a whole new level. Um, it's raining and ending. Nice hat. You like that? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna call that right. Golf Super said that fusillade and glyphosate for common Bermuda before fall frost will help kill it before renovation in the spring. You ever heard of that? Um, yeah, yeah. There's there's lots of people that'll that'll mix the uh, the fusillade and glyphosate. One thing to keep in mind: fusillade is not labeled for uh, residential use. So just keep that in mind. I'm not going to tell if you don't tell, but there is uh, Ornamec over the top that is labeled for residential use. So just keep that, keep that in the back of your head in case the Department of Agriculture uh, walks up on you there. Any suggestions on books, tech books that will go in depth on turf maintenance? Uh, I can add to my winter reading list. Um, yeah, uh, Turf Nerd actually, he, he, Added a book, Turf Turf Nerd David. Can you um, can you share the name of that book that you recommended last time? Um, Neat Lawn. I, to, to be honest, I don't do a lot of of book reading um, for turf grass maintenance. The majority of the books I read, well, I don't do a whole lot of reading these days. I listen to audio books, uh, but the majority of the ones I'm dealing with deal more with uh, business um, because that is. That's where I'm literally starting from ground zero in terms of turf to develop my my turf and stay on top of my um, to stay on top of my uh, uh, my my turf turf management stuff. Typically, I'm I, I do more reading in terms of uh, uh, like I'll you know latch on to NC State, see what they've got coming out of there, read reports about uh, you know herbicide results in um, agriculture and how the results differ for what is coming out in uh, in turf grass and and so that's where I get a lot of my my information is just reading um, uh, college publications. Uh, so anyway, let's see here. There it is. There it is. Scope of phobia. What's up, my man? How are you, sir? How are you? Trying to 
trying to be healthy here, drink my, my kombucha. It's almost disgusting, but uh, it's supposed to be good for you. I don't know. <sighs> wow. That was 40 minutes. That was pretty intense 40 minutes, but um, we still got about 20 minutes to go. Let's see, the NCSU turf files doesn't seem to update often. Do you have a link for the info from them that uh, flows more often? No, John B., uh, I wish I did. Um, that's just said. I just kind of go back in time and and follow it through and through and through and through and through and through and through. Um, no, there, there's nothing that really seems to update more often. But between what goes on in the South, so um, – you know, we've got, uh, you know, Mississippi State has a strong program. Uh, you know, Rutgers is going to have a strong program. Uh, uh, Purdue is going to have a strong program. Uh, well, th those are actually up north. But UGA has a strong program. Um, uh, UT has a strong program. NC State has a strong program. Uh, UF has a strong program. I don't say the name of that state out loud because I'm a Vol fan. But um, anyway, there's you know there's a lot in the South that can definitely keep you keep you busy. Uh, Ray, what is oh looks like I'm frozen up. Ray, what is the um, what is your local university's turf grass program like? Is it pretty pretty effective? Let's see here. Woodcat Bird Feeder say Mississippi State has a paper on the bad junk science that took MSMA. Read that. Yeah, I'm ticked. Yeah, I bet. I bet. Dallas grass is uh, not cheap to go after now. Um, you know, uh, tribute total is going to be about our best bet. And then for fescue, probably our best bet is going to be a mix of fusillade and pilex. Um, any suggestions to keep the squirrels from digging in my yard besides a pellet gun? Scopophobia? No, sir. That is going to be it. Um, I don't know anything in particular that that works uh, for keeping squirrels out. Breeze Long, what do you think of tossing out of the permagreen for ants? Uh, Breeze, as long as, as um, yeah, tossed all out of the permagreen should work for, for ants. Uh, as far as killing an entire ant mound, I don't think tossed is going to ha have enough power to do it. So just keep that in mind. Let's see here. I used Roundup Fuselade this year on seven to eight renovations. Great kill. Yep. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Ray is making the turf program out in Hawaii. That's funny. That is funny. Turf, turf grass management, AI, uh, turds and turf grass, uh, science and culture, Jim Beard or Bo Starter, turf grass textbooks. There you go. There you go. Those are some good... Good information as far as turf grass books. Um, unfortunately, I just I don't have a lot. Getting some comments on some stuff over here, asking about university research. Interesting, interesting. Uh, okay, so while I've got everybody again and we're flowing uh, again for for other um, you, you know for those of you that are in you know fertilizer weed control, those of you that mow grass, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, again, I'm going to plug um, the Lawn Digest group on Facebook. There's also the Professional Lawn, uh, lawn Care Applicators group on Facebook. Um, and this is going to be more for one-on-one for -on -one input with each other. Um, there it is in the chat. And um, Anyway, so, you know, if you need help, whether it's, you know, learning how to bid a property or, you know, do a retaining wall or, um, you know, pricing how to spray an acre, um, at least that way you can get, you know, nobody's going to tell you exactly how to do it, but they can give you the data to help you build your own formula to come up with a price sheet and stuff like that. So good information in there. Good information in there. Um, here we go. Okay, so... And again, winding down, um, pretty pretty interesting stuff that's going to be, uh, how do you like this group versus our other group? Andy, my focus is turf grass management. So, um, of course, I love our professional lawn care applicator group. I'm, uh, you know, it's a healthy obsession of mine. Um, however, you know, outdoor designs as a whole, our business is much more than just turf grass management. 
And, uh, and so that's where I really like Lawn Digest too, is because, uh, you know, we can talk about the things like a retaining wall or a paver patio or an irrigation system. Uh, and it's not just strictly Burton Squirt like we have in our group. So it's a good balance of both. It seems like our, our group is much, much more technical um, where Lawn Digest is more business centered. Um, so there we go. Uh, let's see. Do you think the permagreen provides enough volume to effectively penetrate the thatch layer to kill chinch bugs in the south? Um, okay, so interesting concept. It depends on what you're going after to kill the chinch bugs. Um, what is your what do you use to kill chinch bugs? Um, if you're using a product like permethrin, then yes, it is It is going to effectively penetrate the thatch to kill chinch bugs. Me personally, at two gallons per thousand, at three gallons per thousand, I've never had success, 100% control on chinch bugs using um, bifenthrin. Um, it may be because it is so overused in the south. Bifenthrin, tall star is kind of the thing that everybody uses all year long for any bug issue whatsoever. And it's uh, there's some resistance taking place. Uh, just like imidacloprid and grub control here in the south, probably up in north too, I think I've heard a lot of people talking about breakthrough with imidacloprid and, and grub worms. Um, and same thing. So uh, bifenthrin, uh, no, I don't think you'll get a good kill on chinch bugs regardless. Uh, but if you're using permethrin, then yes, you will. Everyone has to suffer because they would spray fairways and it rained in the afternoon, leaching all of it uh, through the sand and into the groundwater. Yeah, that's how it goes. Um, definitely wouldn't have that issue where we are in Knoxville. Our soils are pretty, almost... Um, almost impermeable. Ray does high, high volume. I've needed liquid dialogues for chinch bug, a lot of resistance in my area. Uh, arena for resistant bugs. There we go, there we go. Uh, Phil, we're going to fire Coach Butch Jones. Um, apparently never, apparently never. I don't know when it's gonna happen, but it cannot come soon enough. Cannot come soon enough. All right, y'all, it's 7.47. I'm going to wind this down. A couple of more house cleaning things. Be sure, check out the Lawn Digest group if you're in the industry. Um, the other thing I've got coming up is going to be um, a pure carbon-based fertilizer. Um, ash content in this. Let's see, one analysis. Uh, we've got ash percentages at, let's see here, 10%. And we've got the other at 19%. And we actually have a shout out to Southern Soul. There we go. Did you hear that, Asami? A shout out to Southern Soul. <laughs> uh, should I apply another nitrogen at this year's Soul 10? It's 50 55. Uh, it depends how much growth are you getting, Scopophobia. Uh, I, I probably would. Uh, that's what I'm doing here. Um, again, a straight uh, carbon fertilizer that's already loaded with a with a nutrient load, um, and so we're dialing in the back end of this. I'll be doing a video about this soon because this is super interesting stuff. I'm actually meeting with the company that's producing it. Uh, they have a location in the U.S. where they're producing it, but it's, it's the company is actually based out of Singapore, um, but they have the reactors that produce at least the, the carbon for this uh, here in the States. So um, that's coming up. And uh, of course, got the video with Jacob coming up. And just a lot cooking in the works. Got the results video from the Anuvia coming out. So all in all, we are looking good. We are looking good. But uh, again, I can't thank all of you enough. Um, Ray, I can't uh, thank you enough for, for tuning into this. And and helping keeping it going. Um, Charlie, what is your experimental verse, uh, Nuvia? Um, I don't know, Charlie. It's it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be similar. It it depends on how we can get this blended. At the current time, this will not keep up with Anuvia. Anuvia is a better fertilizer than this product. Uh, does this have the potential to be better than Anuvia? 
possibly, but um, it's still got a. I mean, we're we're years away from that from that uh, from that becoming a possibility. Right now, I think Anuvia is going to be uh, one of the best MPK loads on the market. Um, so anyway, we'll we'll have that that video coming up. Uh, yes, we've got John Perry, the founder of Green County Fertilizer, coming up. That is going to be either two weeks from today or three weeks from today. Uh, we're going to be talking about biosolids, why they're obsolete. Um, cheers on the kombucha. I'll cheers, you scopophobia. Um, we're going to be talking about how to incorporate uh, humic acid into your program, uh, when and why not, no top dressing. Um, and so anyway, a lot of cool stuff in the works, a lot of cool stuff in the works, y'all. So again, I can't thank each and every one of you enough. It means the world to me. It still blows my mind that I'm doing this here and, uh, and the growth of the channel. And, uh, and so again, I ask you this, uh, if you could continue to help my channel grow, I will continue to produce content and, uh, and share everything that I learn out there. And uh, my hope is that continue to draw uh, people that have more knowledge than me uh, into this to help them share that information with you because we do not have enough resources in the green industry for industry professionals, for homeowners, for anybody. There's not enough resources in the in the green industry, and it makes me so mad that um, you know we rely on you know TV shows like This Old House to tell us how to aerate seed and fertilize our yard, and that's there's just so much more science that what than um, than what meets the surface. So anyway, y'all, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you for watching. Please share with a friend, hit the like button, subscribe. It, uh, it lets me, it lets me know to keep going. And, uh, so thank you again, each and every one of you. And, uh, thelawnforum.com, check it out, thelawnforum.com. Homeowners, go to thelawnforum.com and check it out. It's awesome stuff. All right, y'all, have a good evening. Take it easy.